the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks or salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph Podcast. I am Mike Stevens, and sitting virtually across from me is a visibly annoyed future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, we are only 15 minutes later than I said we were going to start the podcast, and here she is. But before we hop into roasting me, let's give a big round of applause to the golden girl over here. She finished her preliminary portion of her thesis. Dobby voice, Rachel is free. Uh, we finally are doing... We're finally doing a podcast where we're not rushed or drained or anything. We can just spend as much time as we want talking about hockey in a stress-free environment. Rachel, how do you feel? Oh, my God. I... Mm. Okay, so it has been a time the past few weeks. Yes. My mental sanity has not been great. I feel so relieved right now. I am in such a good mood. Taylor Swift's, like, fearless re-recorded versions came out, and mm. I have literally been dancing all morning to it. Um, as an aside mm. note, I don't know if this is a good thing, but I have had two of my male friends text me saying that I am the female version of Mr. Perfectly Fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep, specifically one of them said, your ability to be cold and heartless is exactly what she described in that song. I'm like, okay. Thank you. That's Joe Jonas, right? Yes, it is Joe Jonas. That's Joe Jonas she's talking about, right? Um, But I have been jamming to that song among all of the other new versions of the Taylor songs and enjoying Mm -hmm. my newfound freedom because now I only have to focus on my job and moving, Yeah, which is stressful, but like not as stressful. Not as much. I used to be obsessed with Taylor Swift, like in love with her. I love her. And like, I still, I still love her. It's great. But this used to be like, if you scroll down to, I think it's one of my, maybe my first or second Instagram post ever. Okay. It is me staring. My sister got me a, um, I think I was like maybe 15 at the time. And my sister got me a Taylor Swift poster okay. for Christmas. And it's a picture of me and her locking eyes together. Like me and Taylor Swift. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's my second Instagram post ever right down. And the is love at first sight is, is, is the caption. I, Love Taylor Swift. I knew every, I knew every line to every song. Um, I every time a boy would treat her badly, I would whisper, "I'll treat you better, Taylor." <laughs> um, she she is the most important Taylor that's ever been in my life, and this is true. I love her. So <clears throat> yeah. So, also, Katarina, my sister, she's been so oh, excited yeah. about this, but she felt like if because she, she's dating her boyfriend, she and it pains me every day. Factured a fight to. Are you serious? To be angry at him so that when the album came out at midnight, she would be in her feelings and she went for a drive to jam to the album. That is the funniest thing <laughs> I, I have ever her heard. So much. And the best thing about it is he was in on it. He knew exactly what she was doing and went with no, it. No, that's not you know what? No. That 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 makes it worse because I would have liked it that she just manufactured a fight and he was like confused because it's more raw, but he's he's playing along. Nah, you gotta get I that. I feel like raw he was playing emotion. along 
because they're back like they're fine today like everything is totally fine yeah, yeah of course but of it's course. so funny that she's like no 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 i need to experience this fully so i yeah. need to be angry well i love like the thing is and this is this is the most brilliant move that I think any musician business-wise has ever done, and also creatively, but mainly business-wise, is because Taylor Swift's like catalog was held for, for hostage by Justin Bieber's manager, Scooter Braun. And so she had to like fight to get these rights back. And now she's and now but like it's it's her old catalog. So what she's doing now is literally re-releasing her old music, but packaged as new music, so she can make all the money off it and he can't. And on top of that, she's now allowing a generation of preteens who grew up on her. Like we were all what, like 10, 11, 12 when yeah, her I actual was, music like, came out. Yeah, I was like in grade seven when Love Story came yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Same here. But but she was talking about relationships and none of us had actual relationships. But now we're old enough to actually have had heartbreak and be able to drink you wine. You and I have both been through heartbreak in the past exactly. what, 18 months. Something like that. I think it's coming up on a year for me. Like, but like you were a mess to the point where you messed up your knee by running. And I was yeah. a mess in that I w- literally physically was not able to, d- to do anything. I was a mess in that the only way to cope with that, I ran a marathon every single day for and three straight months <laughs> and hung out with you. But like this is brilliant. Taylor Swift is an absolute genius for this because not only is she sticking it to you know the heartless record exec she's now capitalizing on the fact that we all grew up with her and her music but we weren't old enough to under to actually I'm understand buying the record straight up like i'm Good, buying the record for my record player and that is going to be when i get my new place we are having a dance party oh. post covid or cry party either one also be blasting mr brightside because the killers are my favorite yes band. Yeah, the killers, Coldplay, Queen, all of it. We're blasting it and having a, a two-person rage. So what I what I tweeted out the other day was like because I was just I was going for a walk and I was feeling kind of bummed. I'm like, this is literally the only thing I can do legally right now is go for a walk. It's crazy. Right. But I'm like, the only thing that's getting me through this is visualizing what it will be like at the first like post covid party you know house party jam packed whatever big speakers all that and mr brightside comes on and i want to think the scream when the like the the first chords come in oh yeah it's going to be amazing well i um, listen so like i have a playlist on my spotify that's just like it's called perennial fave so it's like stuff i like no matter what yeah and literally on this playlist is the killers coldplay queen and then, like, a couple songs from, like, other artists. But, like, mm-hmm. people like Mr. Brightside at the bar. No, no. Mr. Brightside is actually my ringtone for, like, certain people. Good. Like, it's I awesome. love Brandon Flowers slash The Killers with, like, my whole heart. There's one of my favorite this NFL is, welcome guys. Welcome to Music Talk with Rachel and like, Mike. Hey, look. This is, this is the, I feel like we haven't had enough non-hockey talk in our podcast lately because we had to, yeah, do, so I feel like. Would you rather us talk about COVID? Like. No, exactly. So we'll just indulge for a second. My, one of my favorite NFL media personalities, Peter Schrager. Um, he's on like NFL Network. He hosts Good Morning Football, which is the best sports morning show of all time. And he, he has seen the killers in live in concert, I think 20 times, he said. I've like, seen them five. Like, I feel like most people have just like they're so accessible and they're always on tour that like you've seen the killers like multiple times. Most people. It's crazy. I go. I have like two rules of thumb. I go every single time Coldplay or the killers are in town. Mm -hmm. I go. So like when they were playing in New York or New Jersey, I went to both the MetLife Stadium show and the Madison Square Garden show. Wow. 
Yeah, like I did not play around. I was like, I'm going to both of these things. It's going to cost me a lot of money and I don't care. You don't mess around. The thing, okay, so I'm a big like kind of like my my music tastes are ridiculous. Like my spot, my Spotify wrapped at the end of the year is too embarrassing to post because it's literally this one Diplo song I like to listen to while while I run or to get pumped up, and then it's just like literally trash like pop. Like it's like I, <laughs> Green Day. Green Day is my favorite band, so it's like all that. But then it's like Blink One Eighty Two, um, you know, Fall Out Boy. Uh, okay, so do you know uh, my Chemical Romance? Uh, Dear Maria, count me in. Oh, I got like mom. It's not a phase. That's my. Okay. I love that. That I can, playlist. Uh, my roommate was playing it the other day, and I physically. This is literally the day I'm going like to do my presentation. I yeah. could not focus because the bangers that were coming off of that playlist, I was bebopping around my room like you wouldn't even. It's imagine. a good. It's good pump up music though. Like it's. I could oh, like. I, I, I almost. I almost just like belted out the chorus of that song right now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> refrain from doing that to 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 so you don't die. And speaking of dying, um, Prince Philip, yes, uh, he long time coming here. That's for sure. Okay, so um, I don't want to <laughs> say anything on Prince Philip other than this: if we know that the blaming on Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's interview is coming, I would just like to get out in front of it and say that is horseshit. And if you believe that. You're a fucking idiot. Wait, what? Is that what people are? Is that the narrative it's people are manufacturing the Daily right Mail now? Has already done it. Oh well, that's it's the Daily Mail. <laughs> like it's that's the what I'm Daily. Saying. Come if on. If you believe that type of media coverage, you're an idiot. Don't do it. The yeah. man was 99. Was basically, as my sister said, he on was an animated door for the last yeah. two decades. He was going to die. The interview with his grandson and his wife had nothing to do with a 99 year old man passing away. That's it. <laughs> Look at a picture of Prince Philip. The man's skin like was gray. He looks like the SpongeBob gray. worm thingy. Yeah. He looks like the like chocolate. I love chocolate. <laughs> like from, you know, like is, but he looked like, he looked like he was one sort of like startle away from, from kicking it. Like that guy was on, I'm so, <laughs> That guy I was wish I could up. read my sister and I's text thread th- like and and show you all like what it says because our text thread consists of basically three things. Prince Philip like her saying Prince Philip's on death's door with some meme or TikTok. Um her ranting about her boyfriend or uh her and I gossiping about music. Like yeah, that's our text remarkable. thread. We don't talk about anything else. That is what we talk about. And I would say like 70% of the content in our chat had to do with Prince Philip. So like, what are we going to talk about now? It's so funny, man. Like he not like obviously anyone losing their life is sad and all that. But like this guy, like, oh, man, no, it's not he was a just, laughing matter. But like, no, essentially what I wanted to say was people are going to try and blame Meghan and Harry. It's not their fault. He was 99, lived a real good life. Everything like it's it's fine guys he can just pass away peacefully and and nobody has to be blamed like i haven't even really seen anything on like on twitter about it like which is funny because like normally a royal dying like that would be huge have you which logged I, onto twitter it's literally the number one trending thing worldwide well, i don't like on my timeline so maybe i just follow the oh. wrong people but usually i i see it's just i don't know man like the it, bbc banner was there when i logged into twitter this yeah. morning well when you like think about it when when the queen dies, that's going to, I think I, I, 
I saw I saw a like I think it was a it's news called Operation London Bridge. Yeah, I think I saw a news piece or something where like the economic fallout because once when the queen dies, yeah. there will be like I think it's like two weeks of mourning where all the businesses are shut down or something like that. Literally, it's lockdown like you've never seen yeah. when the queen dies. And I think they said like the economic fallout is gonna like it is, it's yeah. it might like put like London into like a recession for a little bit because of that. Like it's crazy. It, it, it's just nothing that we can comprehend. Fucking Charles. Like, no thanks. And we could, we can never even comprehend that. Um, all right, let's transition into the Rachel let's was talk hockey. Things happened. The Rachel was right segment where we, where we break down where Rachel was vindicated and she called it. Um, you can, you, this is your segment to gloat because on the, at the end of the last podcast, Rachel predicted that Cal Palmieri and, uh, Travis uh Travis Ajak, yes, yeah, sorry. Um, we're both going to get traded to, or I think it was it. You said one of them or both were going to the Islanders. I said both were going to end up in the Islanders. Yeah, and look what happened. They both ended up on the island. Remarkable. Look, if this there were might ever be a- like a writing on the wall trade, like that was mm-hmm. it. Travis was only ever going to wave for the Islanders, and realistically, like they had a trade in place last year to trade him to the Islanders. But Zajac said no because he thought that, um, he, he first of all, he loves New Jersey and so do his kids, so uh, he didn't necessarily want to, like, leave. But yeah. um, he actually thought that the Devils um, were going to be good again. Would turn it around and at least be yeah. fighting for a playoff spot. And to be fair, the start they had this year before they got shut down because of COVID, they were on that track. So COVID has derailed, like, look at how it derailed Buffalo. Look at how it's derailed Dallas. Look at it, like, it's derailed a lot of teams that have actually had this thing rampant. Yeah. And so I think that this year, because he's expiring contract, um, sees the potential with the Islanders. There's a familiarity with Andy Green and Kyle Lou is there. Steve Pellegrini is there. Um, like, there's just so much familiarity, and it's super close for him. Um, that waving kind of made sense, and he fits... He's going to fit like a glove. Like, that's a Barry yeah. Trotz guy through and through. Like you said, he well, he basically declined to waive last year to go to in almost not the exact same trade, like when it, from a return standpoint, but he was going to get traded to the Islanders and he refused to waive. Look, I understand that, like, I, I really respect someone like that who, you know, they, the team is down and he wants to be part of the re, the rebirth. Like, that was and sort of like a title. I would say is like. It's fantastic. Actually, you saw it firsthand. I, I, I saw it firsthand. Yeah. The you losing would know. these three, losing Zajac, Green, Boyle, and Schneider within the span of two years is detrimental to a locker room. I love. I Brian saw the Boyle. impact firsthand those guys had on the young guys. Like to now, Nico is there, and he has almost no insulation. Right? Is Brian Boyle still in the NHL? No. That's a shame. I love him, man. When the Leafs got him, he I was, was so on. Such an awesome human being. Like, yeah, I actually he looks awesome. He's just looks an like unbelievable person. This is a great. I think this is a great trade, kind of for both sides, because they really did maximize the the return here. Like, I don't really know much about. Oh, Rachel's giving me. Rachel's giving me some eyes here. Look, the trade like trade prices around the league are down. Like you can't like Taylor Hall's going to go for like a second and a fourth. Like it's going to be super weird. So we need to like. Like we need, we need to make sure that that's like on the table there. In a normal world, this is like I, I don't agree. It, but okay, so like this is, I spoke to people on both sides of this trade. Yeah. Um, and the mentality essentially was from New Jersey standpoint, we can't get nothing for either of these players. Like we got to get something, 
right? So something is better than nothing. And I will agree there. Absolutely. Recouping assets is better than yeah. not recouping assets. This is, and this is a good something. This is a first round pick, additional fourth. And okay. Two but it's going to be a first round pick. That's probably like 30th. I don't think the Islanders are making that much noise. I like, think they, in the divisional format, potentially uh, see the conference final. Yeah. And you're still, in the conference a first final, pick, that's a, first that's a pick. 29th overall pick. Yeah, but if they got a second rounder, we'd be lambasting this deal. But, and that's first. what I'm saying is it's essentially the same thing. It would be way different if the Islanders were picking 12th. Yeah, that's true. They're but not you know, going to pick 12th, guys. Who knows, man? Like, we honestly, they, the the magic can't, like, my, I know I that it, draft that picks are, are such a roll of the dice. Okay, but what I would say is this. I agree with you that prices are down. Yeah. But I know what the deal was for Zajac when I was there and last year. I also know what, what two teams offered the Devils for Kyle Palmieri this past offseason when they could have recouped before his shooting percentage absolutely cratered into the yeah. ends of the sun. Because let's not forget, New Jersey retained 50% on both of these players. Yeah, that that's that's bad. That's, that's yeah. bad. Now, obviously, yeah, yeah. it's just the end of the year, so they could do that. But you would think that retaining 50%, you're probably getting a little you bit more. You would get something. Yeah, I yeah. know what the offers were for both of those players. And let's just say that this was not the most fantastic asset management. Can you get, can you say, can you hint towards anything of what those returns were or what those um, offers were? I would say this, that the return for both of these players did not account for the return of what Kyle Palmieri would have received. Wow. Because now you're getting a like a bottom end first round pick, two guys that will never crack the NHL. Yeah, yeah. And a conditional pick. Like that's not enough for a guy who's a perennial thirty goal scorer. That's not enough. And a bottom round pick in a draft that sucks ass. And most of the yeah, players so haven't I would haven't say this, played. Like, I'm not gonna dump on the Devils because they made the right decision by recouping <laughs> assets, which Nashville may not do, and that would be stupid. No, let, um, let me clarify something real quick. You're not going to dump on the Devils right now. Right now. Yes. Okay. I have done plenty of that. <laughs> so you know if I'm actually not lining up to dump on specifically this management group, that it actually then makes a little bit big. of sense. Yeah. Um, so good on Tom Fitzgerald for identifying like, okay, these guys aren't going to resign here. We need to recoup some assets. So, so like I said, something better than nothing. But when you consider the offers they had for these players – prior and Travis Ajak may not have waived so that's fine but the offers they had for Kyle Palmieri like not good asset management all right that's that's Rachel's assessment I think this fits perfectly for like in terms okay I know oh, Col- it's so good for the Islanders yeah. so good first of all they get like a like you said a perennial 30 goal scorer in, in Kyle Palmieri they they were missing a lot of offensive pop obviously with Anders Lee going down so they get that and then they also replace <clears throat> Excuse me. They also replaced the center depth that they missed with Andrews Lee by getting Travis Ajak in there. I think it's I think it's fantastic for them. I think also these two types of players fit a Barry Trot system really well. I think they fit. It's going to be. I saw this firsthand. Um, yeah. In the run up to the playoffs, was actually like, okay, Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak weren't elite in the playoff run that I was there for. Yeah. Um, but their play in the run-up to even making the playoffs because the year I was with the Devils we were playing playoff hockey basically from January on yeah like we had to go tooth and nail and Palmieri Hall Kincaid Zajac um Vatnin like key key parts Mm -hmm. of that and what a lot of people didn't see is when things 
could have very easily gone off the rails. It was Zajac and Green and Paul Mary that said, nope, right back on the rails. And so I think in a war of attrition, which is exactly what the playoffs are, to have these guys with this mindset who already are familiar with the management group, um, it will make a difference. Can I just say one thing about absolutely, absolutely topic that was on Twitter the other day? Go ahead. Okay, so everyone's yelling and ragging about this whole beard thing with Lou. Oh, yeah. I would Here like to make it public. Um, oh, you can make this public? I would like to say that Lou, speaking to a lot of people in the NHL, like uh, probably close to almost 20 people that have experience with him, Lou hasn't actually told someone they need to shave in over a decade. They do it. Because they know he likes it and it's a show of respect. He hasn't actually had to tell anyone to cut their hair or shave in over a decade. They just do it. So if I, like, sure, if Kyle Palmieri showed up with a beard, would Lou have said something? You know what? He might have. But the bottom line is he hasn't actually forced anyone to do it. It's a show of respect. And I get all of the underlying, well, he shouldn't be making people feel that way and this, that, and the other. My personal experience with Lou and my personal experience with other hockey men, I would take Lou a thousand times over some of the people I have worked for and dealt with in hockey. Because you might not like the whole beard and haircut thing, but when push comes to shove, Lou treats people with the utmost respect, actually cares about them, actually cares about their family, and looks out for what's best for them. And to me, I would way rather have that guy as a manager than someone who doesn't give a rat's ass about your health. Yeah. I mean, really well said. That's also extremely interesting. Like that players just, they kind of know what the deal is and they do it on their own volition. And look, it's, it, it, it's very archaic. And I, th- Oh, it's a completely archaic rule, but I'm sure like, I wonder if Kyle said, I want to keep my beard, would Lou have been amenable to it? But it's more about these people in hockey have so much respect for Lou that they just, they do it. So we would have to see a case of somebody actually trying to do it and being told, well, Lou told me I had to do it. Yeah, I want to... Because that, that would be different. I want to see... Yeah, I want to know if someone has ever challenged that. Like, for example, like Thomas Placanitz, like he came in, he came to the Leafs and when Lou was there and he has the iconic goatee that he's always worn. Iconic might be stretching it, but he has, he's had a goatee literally since he could grow one. And he looked yeah. weird shaving. And I wonder if he was just like, can I keep this? Like, is that okay? Like, it's... the. As, as a guy... But here's another interesting thing yeah. when it comes... You mentioned Placanic, and I actually just remembered this because yeah. someone w- and, uh, mentioned this to me. Lou doesn't like the turtleneck um, undergear. Re- what? Really? Because it's... it Like, you have to order it separately, right? And it looks different, which obviously we know Lou doesn't <laughs> like. He let Placanic wear it. That's true. That's also extremely... <laughs> you don't like the turtleneck. Well, he wants everyone to be the same, but what yeah. I'm saying is, is like, okay, that's obviously a very minute example, but he's clearly amenable to, mm. hey, just like, do you think so? I wonder if the Leafs got Joe Thornton, would he have had to shave? Like, I think they, maybe, I think he maybe not. I also think a guy right, like Joe would have. That's what I'm saying is, is we don't yeah, know that's because true. I have it on very, very strong yeah. sources enough so that I feel comfortable making it public. And it's something about Lou, yeah. which I mean, in general, you told is, me this in confidence yesterday and I like kept it as a secret to take to the death yeah. and all right. It's good to know. Yeah, but he actually hasn't forced that upon someone in well over a decade. And so, let me say this about the shaving rule, too. Like, as a guy 
who has to like shaving is to me at least an inconvenience like i hate doing it there's a reason why i haven't done it in like two and a half weeks at this point like it's like i only do it when i know i have to see people or like there's a job interview or you know i'm gonna i i like i know that i'm gonna be seeing you know someone i'm interested in something like that and which I haven't, which hasn't been a thing for a very long time because we live. Yeah, but you're rocking this like scruff lettuce look and it actually suits you. Thank so. you. I appreciate that. I was. I, you don't look like a homeless, like Boris Johnson unmade <laughs> bed. Well, thing. if I had like I, I have I've had the backwards hat the last two episodes. And if I if I didn't have it, my my hair would look like Boris Johnson's. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the but like shaving is like it takes it's just like one of those things that takes more time like you know those things that that there's parts of daily life where like you need to do them but it's just like oh why you feel like you're wasting time on it like i don't know like there's these little things that like you have to do in life and shaving's one of them and like it's it's not an insignificant thing for a guy like some people kind of just wave wave their hands and go like ah whatever like just shave it's make it part of your daily routine and yeah absolutely but like there's also like there's also just a lot that comes with it and it's just one of these like inconveniences and so for that rule to be there like you're i think steve dangle said this before like you're always at work essentially when 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 you wake up you know you have to shave because it's a work policy so you're at work the second you wake up and i think that's kind of what he tries to do and look if it's worked for him great but I just find it I, I think it's I think it's an archaic rule. I'd love to get rid of it. At the same time, I think it's remarkable that he hasn't had to ask anyone to shave in a decade because they do it out of respect. Yeah, it's a respect that's thing. Ab- that's incredible. That's incredible. All right. Like put it this way. Yeah. When I met Lou, I I'm when I was like with the Leafs, Dubis was Kyle. Mm. Shanahan was either Shanny or Brendan. Like it was Babcock was just Mike. Like whatever. I never like just as a, a respect thing, it was always Mr. Lamorello. Were you? And even when after I had been hired in New Jersey yeah. and they came to a game, I, he remembered me, I remembered him, and it was still, hello, Mr. Lamorello. Like, it's just a respect thing that I have for him mm-hmm. and that other people have for him that he's earned. Absolutely. Quite frankly. Were you on the Leafs when Jonathan Kiriaki was, was interning there as well? I know Jonathan. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I played minor hockey with Jonathan. We kept up whatever. And I remember he told me a story because he was, this he's was a lawyer now. Exactly. Which is nuts. Like that guy is so freaking smart. smart. It's incredible. Like he just decided to, he was running, I think the 60, was it the 67's like player development? And then he's like, I'm going to become a lawyer. Yeah. You, by the way, you can tell that I am in a much better mood because we have gone off the oh, absolutely at least seven times but, already. But you know what? Screw it. Like we, it's Friday, it's Friday afternoon. There's no rush. I you, feel so good. Exactly. Right you now. have a pizza waiting for you. That's about it. I'm going to make some, some sausage truffle pasta for myself tonight. It's going to be great. But what I'm saying, All right. I know it's, it's remarkable. Gordon. Um, but I was like the story that he told me and he told me this on a podcast so I can say it is that like, so he was working for them in the summer of 2017 and that was the summer. No, not, no, he no, was no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. 2015. Yes. Because what I was going to say yeah. is this was the summer that they hired Lou and it came out of nowhere. Like I remember people being like, yes, being like, wait, what? Lou Amarello? The day they hired Lou and Babcock. Exactly. And so like, so he was, he was working in their offices and he was wearing like a golf shirt, you know, like just a normal, like, I think it was a Leafs branded golf shirt, whatever, like, you know how, how it normally should yeah, be. Yeah. The stuff they give us. And yeah. then it was announced just out of the blue that, all right, we've hired Lou Amarello. He's coming into the office. He's going to do it. And he like. And he's just like, I can't meet Lou Lamorello in a golf shirt. So he like went across yep. the street to like Hugo Boss or Harry Rosen or whatever it was and like bought a dress shirt just so he could ha- be wearing it for when Lou came in. So he would look respectable. That is 
Like, like, look, we want to we want to roll our eyes, and I disagree with a lot of moves that Lou Lamorello has made recently. But goddamn, that is impressive. That is respect right there. A guy went across the street and bought like a two hundred dollar dress shirt just because he knew that's what you command when you meet this person. Amazing. All right. Yeah, and I've never ever had a bad experience mm-hmm. with Lou. Uh, I've had bad experiences with a whole lot of other people in hockey. Damn right. I don't have a bad thing to say about Lou. Like, he's genuinely one of the nicest, most caring people that that works in hockey. And quite frankly, like, I wish more people in hockey treated their subordinates yeah. with res- the same respect. Absolutely. That did. And I, I wish less people in hockey would give Nikita Zaitsev seven year extensions, but you can't be perfect. All yes. right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Floor in Chicago also made a trade. It, they, they decided that they really wanted a couple Lucases. So, uh, uh, to Lucas Walmart, Find a team that likes reacquiring their players as much as Chicago. I think it was since Stan Bowman has been there, they have reacquired it's- 20 players. Who used to be like and Brandon Saad has been reacquired like sixteen times. It is rem- he's been required tw- reacquired twice. Like it's absolute. Christopher Stieg was reacquired twice. Like Brand- Andrew Ladd, we forget was was a deadline yeah. ad for them. They paid a first rounder for him. Like just crazy. Um, so yeah, Lucas Walmark and Lucas Carlson go to Florida in exchange for I don't even know the first name Stillman Brett Connolly, who was essentially a cap dump in this. So it's Riley Stillman, Riley Stillman Brett Connolly, yeah. the RFA rights to Henry Henrik Borgstrom. Borgstrom and a seventh round pick. Now, Borgstrom is really the key to this trade here, I think from the Blackhawks okay, so perspective. I went and asked Reese Jessup. Hell yeah. Noted former member of the Florida Panthers organization. He, if anyone would know, it's specifically him. Specifically, when they drafted Henrik Borgstrom. Yeah. Also, specifically worked on their draft. 23rd so overall So sort in of a good person to talk to. Yeah. He said... About Borgstrom, because mm-hmm. I was like, what is his deal? Like, he's 23. He's one of the best college players I've ever seen. Yeah. He was an like, AHL All-Star happening? in eighteen nineteen. Right. So he goes, like, why hasn't there been any development? And part of this is I'm going to look at Borgstrom as a case study for my thesis. Um, and he said he's got great puck skill, but he's got limited creativity outside of the one-on-one isolated situations. Um, doesn't have great playmaking or distribution ability, and he doesn't really have uh, an element that he can make plays with his feet. So th- he's not able to like retrieve pucks well. He's not able to to move like off the cycle, um, things like that. But uh, like the raw skill is there. It's just he's got like they've got to figure out a way to harness it. Now the Blackhawks have a much more robust development system than the Panthers do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that, uh, don't hold your breath that Borstrom's going to be this star, but don't be surprised if he's a contributing second line mm-hmm. center in the NHL. Hey, and like, that's I huge. That the first thing I'd be doing if I'm Chicago is calling Daryl Belfry and saying, mm-hmm. I have a new client for you. Yeah. Uh, are you interested? Like they, everything that yeah. I've, I've read a lot about what the Blackhawks and obviously you're, you're going to trade for someone. You're not going to be like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. Like we don't like him, but like they are really high on him. They believe him to be like a key part of their future and getting him. And it's, I liked Borgstrom too. He was look, he, like you said, one of the best college players you've ever seen. He was an AHL all-star in 1819. I don't think that Florida has the most robust player development infrastructure. We are like they have almost none exa- except Roberto Luongo for their goalies. Exactly. Which hey, could be worse people to oversee goaltending. Could, that's for could sure. be worse. But I think getting him like as we've seen with with like for example, and I know it's the hot button topic, like Alex Galchenyuk. We've seen what happens when you don't have 
any sort of guide for you. Like when you when you're just as a And then you get Daryl Belfry and Barb Underhill and like magically you turn into a second line player. Exactly. Like remarkable. Also, a big no, big key note here is that Florida clears three point five million dollars in cap, which means and this is a team that lost Aaron Ekblad, so they're looking to add defensemen. I would I I am gonna call something here. I'm gonna pull a Rachel Dory. I'm gonna be shocked if David Savard is not a Florida Panther by Monday. Like it, I, well, Bill Zito also likes his former connections. And they have a former right? connection, right? Yes, because Bill Zito came from Columbus. Mm-hmm. And where does David Savard play? I believe, if my math is correct, it's Columbus. Right. Yeah. So that would make Bobrovsky, Savard. <laughs> there's go. at least two forwards, I think. Yeah. Um, and when he was an agent, I believe he was connected with Carter Verhege. So that explains that. Oh, my that. God. Here we go. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think they're... They're clearing cap space to do something. What I'm interested in is Joel Quenville said that uh, they're going to be looking to get Spencer Knight some games, and really? as they should. He well, he just got called up to their NHL main squad from the taxi squad today or yesterday, right? So, what are you doing um, with Bobrovsky and Drieger? Because nobody's taking that Bobrovsky contract because it is one of the worst in the entire league history, league's history. And <laughs> you could actually get tangible assets for Chris Drieger. I. Like, if they're putting them on the Sell market, high. Leafs, I think if they're putting them on the market, the Leafs should be interested in that. But that's neither here nor there. Now, it's very important to note, yeah, like I said, $3.5 million in cap. There's there's something moving here, which also, like, hints towards... Something we, is afoot. We might actually get, like, maybe not a banger, but, you know, an entertaining enough trade deadline. Whereas, like, a couple weeks ago, it was it seemed like this was completely moribund. So, hey. You know what's going to be great? What's going to be great is when it's all quiet on the Leafs trade front until Monday at 2.30 p.m. Yep, and yep, then yep. they whammo f- swoop in and acquire someone Well, th- like big. It's funny when you say that. I want it to happen just to watch the, the meltdown. I don't even care about like if the team gets anyone or not. I just want to see the meltdown. Well, it's funny that you say that because I think I know what Kyle Dubas is doing here. Because they have. F- if you say Taylor, no, I'm no, going to no, punch no, no, you no, 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 no. through the screen. Relax, relax, relax. But. <laughs> Frederick Anderson's condition has been one of the more like like no one knows what it's what it is like you might Frederick Frederick Anderson's condition is as secretive as my heart condition for the last years exactly Frederick Anderson nobody knows what's happening Frederick Anderson Anderson's condition is as secret as uh, I don't know like my like, a Lou Lamorello trade exactly well if it get which means if it gets leaked then it's just getting like blocked um, but <laughs> yeah so. Essentially, for, for Frederick Anderson to go on LTIR, he has to have, tw- like, you will miss 24 days. And the trade Which deadline... Which he's already missed. It's, it's he, if he, hasn't, he will he, miss the remainder no, of the season. No, he hasn't missed 24 days yet. When he will miss 24 days, because they'll put him on LTIR retroactive 24 days ago when the doctors probably cleared this. Yes. So when he, like, essentially when the 24-day period happens is on Monday, which is the trade deadline. Which means they can put Frederick Anderson on LTIR on Monday, clear a bunch of cap space, and go out and spend. I think I see what they're doing here. Yeah, but here. You, no, 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 no. That's not how that works. What? That's not how it works. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> For see, them to spend at the trade deadline. So how it works is every single day you accrue or pay out cap space. That is why there have been taxi squad shenanigans, because they if you're on the taxi squad, then yeah. only a certain p- portion gets paid. Well, right? Joseph Duzak's on the Leafs taxi in squad order, right now. 
for in order for the Leafs to actually use Frederick Anderson's cap space to acquire someone at the deadline, Frederick Anderson cannot play another regular season game. He has to remain on LTIR until the end of the regular season, which is coincidentally exactly what is happening with Brendan Gallagher. Mm. Brendan Gallagher is going to be out for six weeks. The regular season ends in four and a half weeks, so the Canadians can use his cap hit to acquire someone because they know he will not be back until the playoffs when there is no longer a cap. So the Leafs can't acquire someone and then Frederick Anderson come back. No, like he, I think he'll come back right when the playoffs start. No, but what I'm saying is, is you can't acquire someone and then Frederick Anderson come back before the playoffs. That is not how that works. I don't, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he will come back before the playoffs. That's why they've been so secretive yes, but about they don't, him. That's not like, they don't know that yet. So you can't be moving around as if that is... I don't know. You can't act on that. You just can't. That is not something you can be proactive with. I just think they're going. La- I think they're going to do like a buzzer beater move, like you just, like you said. It's going to. Oh, be- there'll be caption shenanigans. But what mm-hmm. I'm saying is, is you can't be making that type of decision. Yeah, that's true. Without like, that's not an ambiguity decision. Mm-hmm. That is a we know decision. There are many times where decisions with ambiguity need to happen in hockey, and they don't happen. Yeah. This is one of those times where you do not. Go with the ambiguity. Well, this is why Rachel is the staff of the podcast, because I haven't worked in NHL front offices. I'm just going off my cap friendly knowledge. So I'm glad that you cleared that up. People who speaking of people who also need to get things cleared up is Jim Benning. Now, you don't want to talk about this for too long, but we have to because it's we're not going to talk about it for too long. But it's it's a NHL headline. So we have to cover it. Tanner Pearson resigns for three years, three point two five million dollars in Vancouver. And. The, the fan base is ready to revolt. I, I You know what? They're not ready to. They, well, yeah, because, they are because Canucks fans are like, hey, look, all the bad contracts, except like Tyler Myers, are coming off the books. Like, we're actually going to be able to do things. And Jim Benning is basically the meme that's like, I'll fucking do it again. You no, know, exactly. Like, this and is. Then, and then Thomas Drance came out and said, because the Canucks won like eight games in March or oh whatever, that Benning is going to get another year. I would actually rip my eyeballs out of their my head if I was a Canucks <laughs> fan right now. We're not going to go too deep into the Canucks. Rachel goes on a rant about the Canucks. Okay. It's, it's, that's just why I don't want to talk about the Canucks. They're so frustrating. No, they are so frustrating. And that's why I love talking about them because it gets you all riled up because Tanner Pearson is exactly. I'm trying to have a good day here, man. You're going to have a good day. You're going to have pizza after this. We get to talk about hockey and make money off it. It's fantastic. And we get to clown on Jim Benning. Like this guy, Tanner Pearson is exactly like if you were to if you were to give me a first, like everyone knows that the Canucks have been like Jim Benning's downfall has been signing bottom six players to term and a little bit too much money. And if you were to give me an exact like sort of, I don't know, like avatar of who a player should be that he like what what an exact type of deal that is a Jim Benning deal that is a death by paper cuts for his organization it would be Tanner Pearson resigning for three years at 3.25 million he is 29 turning 30 when Jim Benning says after this season it's actually in in two years then the window will open so he signs this guy cap straps himself like for for another three years essentially doesn't sign this guy for the win now window that you would think it's going to be keep in mind as well i know that you say this is more of a vertanen thing but it's important to note that jim benning quote unquote ran out of time and let tyler Toffoli walk out the door in the summer for only one million more than tanner pearson is getting tyler Toffoli has more goals than pearson has points this season i know most of them came against the canucks so relax 
It's, and also, he's has an excruciatingly high shooting percentage. Yes, that will come down. The thing I'll say is, I don't, I don't think you're not categorizing Tanner Pearson correctly at all. Really, you think he's better than this? Yes. I've every chart that I have looked at shows that he is like a middling, like he's a, he's a decent offensive player, a bad de- a bad defensive player, and is exactly the kind of contract, like exactly the kind of player that you don't commit term to. Okay, there is where you fell short on the caveat. What's the caveat? The term. Yeah, you don't commit Tanner term Pearson, to this guy. Hang on. Sorry. Hold on. Sorry, ma'am. Hold on. Tanner Pearson, in a, what you are categorizing as a bad year, is in an 82-game season would be on pace for 28 goals. That is not bad. Second, and second of all... Wait, what? Really? Yeah, he has 11 goals in 33 games. No, in 11 points. Season, 11 points in 33 games. Okay, well, that is not... Rachel, he's got six goals and five assists for 11 points in 33 games. Okay, so that's a 30-point pace. Exactly, and you're giving this guy $3.25 million for three years in the middle of a season when you have to he's re-sign... He's also in a down... Like, he's... I know he's in a down year. Very similar to Kyle Palmieri having a down year. He's also logging more minutes than he has in his career this season. Because of their injuries. Yes, but also, like, if we're talking about... Like, like you're you're making this out to be, like, it's a Jay Beagle contract. No, 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 contract. it's not. That's not the same but, thing. But this is... But it's just another... It's, I know this is not the same thing at all. But this is another example of a move that will crucify the Canucks because... Yes. It's a death. It's a death by paper cuts. And Jim Bennett, like there have been a lot of big swings and misses. Obviously, like Louis Erickson is still on the team. Tyler Myers is still, on, you know, all that terrible. But a lot of the, what is bunging up their cap right now are these, like what I say, death by paper cuts. These these little moves. It's you know, uh, yes. Antoine Roussel. It's uh, uh, you know, like no, that's a big cut. Is that a big cut? All right. Well, this is Jay more. Jay Beagle, of a, Antoine Roussel, Tyler Myers, Louis Erickson are the big cuts. It's just these moves. Like you're signing these, like. Here's the thing, though. <sighs> I would want Tanner Pearson on yeah, my team. not for this, though. No, hang on. Where I struggle is, why are you signing Tanner, Tanner Pearson when you still haven't signed Hughes and Pedersen? That needs to be your priority. Yeah. You sign them and you tell everybody else, you gotta wait. Because we need to know how much cap space we have for our two most important players. Nobody else is getting signed until then. Like, you have... The thing is, when you look at their team... Like everyone criticized the Leafs for being, you know, for for being top heavy and all that. The highest paid forward on the Canucks makes five point eight seven five million. It's their captain. Oh no, it's not. Their yeah, captain, but he's sorry. gonna. The highest paid forward on the Canucks is about to make like ten. Ten. Yeah, but like ten five. What we talk about right now is that they've managed. Like they're they're good players. The Horvat, Besser, Miller, whatever. JT Miller, who's on a d- d- really good deal. He's twenty eight and he's making five point two five from for the next two years after this one. Great. Um, that's good, but, and like no player on their team other than, I think it's Louis Erickson makes more than, um, makes more than 6 million. So like, that's fine. It's the death by a thousand cuts. Exactly. So how have you bunged up your cap to the point where like, it's now, we're now wondering how you're going to re-sign your franchise player. It's this. And it's, I don't know. I like you. That's a really good point that you said too, is that like, what does this say to your star players that it's just that, that. Tanner Pearson's your priority. Remarkable. All right, that's enough air we're going to give to we're going to give to the Canucks. Before we transition to plot points, I want to give a quick 60 seconds or 2 seconds. Jack Campbell, 10 0 set a Leafs record. Best human on the planet. Great. Let's hop into plot points. Trending up. And this happens every trade season. So keep your eyes out. Uh, yeah. It's fake Twitter it accounts. It happens every trade season, so this is your small reminder. Yeah. 
to relax. To not believe things not tweeted by people that don't have reputations in hockey. If you get if you get bamboozled by at Chris Jornston or, you know, at Boob at, Bob McKenzie with a, a one or at Boob McKenzie or something like that, then, yeah. you know, that's that, that's on you. So make sure it's verified. Or if it's not verified, because not everyone that's reputable yes. is verified in hockey. Neither of us so are make verified. Sure you, yeah, that's likely going to change in short Let's order. Let's hope so. But, um, like, do not believe some random blog. Like, if, put it this way. If I tell you something's happening with Taylor Hall, odds are I probably know. Exactly. But if... Kind of like when I said Zajac and Paul Mary, odds are I might have known that already. But it's if, like, at the Snipe Rumors says it, it's probably not right. Or, or uh, what is it, Smart Insider yeah, Man? Yeah, Smart Insider Man. Or, you know, like, literally, Rumor Break has been has come back being deactivated, come back being deactivated so many times that we don't... Just don't believe it until an insider Bob says McKenzie, it. Elliot Friedman, uh, Pierre Lebrun, Chris Johnston, Darren Dreger, Elliot Friedman maybe tweeted not out, please, for the love of God. Unless it's a Ferris client, maybe pump the brakes on Dreger. But still, like, it's, yeah, make sure, don't believe stuff from randoms because you will look foolish. Look, we've all been bamboozled. The worst I've ever gotten was a couple years ago when the Jays were looking to add in 2017. I literally, this is how dumb I was. I was at work. I was so tired. I was looking at Twitter and they, I saw they had traded Francisco Liriano, a pitcher to the Astros in exchange for um, a catcher named Hugh ass. And I didn't, oh I didn't God, put it to, I didn't put it together that his name was that that is an anagram, not an anagram. That is like a name. That's huge ass. It's a syn- yeah. A synonym, whatever. Yeah. I, I got bamboozled. I literally like text my friend and be like, I'm getting a jazz jersey. This is awesome. And then I was, so don't be like me. Don't be stupid. Trending up as well. And this is, look, we've, we've, it's our job to hold these people accountable, I guess. It's bad goalie takes by media. They've been on. Wow. Some real bad ones. Now, goalies are voodoo. We're not, I'm not eh. going to, I'm not going to pretend that I know a ton about goalies. And I don't think you should pretend you know a ton about goalies either. Not you specifically, but I'm talking about like to the to the proverbial you, the royal you. Um, Kat Silverman is who you need to exactly. be following on Twitter for goalie stuff. You know my and don't argue with her because she is most definitely more knowledgeable on goalies than you. The only thing, like or Kevin Weeks or Stephen Valaket. I know a lot about goalies because I know that they should uh, challenge the shooter and cut down the angles. That's what I know now. And not play the puck. Exactly. Now we've seen a couple that are absolutely brutal. So let's go through them, shall we? It's a fun little exercise. Um, Why is it always fucking Boston? I know, it's insane. So here's the thing. Do you want to read this one? We're going to caveat this. I spoke to someone very close Ooh. to this Boston Bruins situation about this just before we started recording did the podcast. Did you? Yeah, I did. Let's see someone what... Someone who might be part of the decision making. All right. All right, so let's have a chat. Joe Haggerty decided to oh tweet my God, that Joe Jeremy Swayman, this new Boston Bruins goalie... Never heard of him before. Has won 10 of 11 of his professional games. That's great. Great. Murph then quote tweeted that Murphy's with law. this. And I'm going to read it. Verbatim. By no means is this a disrespect to Rask and all he's accomplished, but the net is not Tuka's when he returns. Oh my God. Jeremy Swayman has played 11 professional games, two of which have come in the NHL. Yeah, I was going to say, he had he the cat of... He is 22 years old. Oh, my God. 
You had to caveat um, it with professional you, imagine games. Imagine drawing a sample size of two. That is the equivalent of saying, no disrespect to Evgeny Malkin and all that he's accomplished, but he's lost his spot in the lineup to Radim Zahorna. Like, I don't even know like, who that is. That's the Mark, that's Mark Donk, basically. Like, I, that is a Mark Donk. This is absurd. Like, I, uh, what is, honestly awful. I want to know because maybe. This is also, these are the two gentlemen that tried to run Rask out of town when he left the bubble yeah. to be with his sick child. Exactly. Now, th- that bring, begs a question. Maybe you know more about this because, like, you know, you've been inside, like, the NHL buildings and stuff. What is it about Boston hating Tuka Rask? What is it? I don't know. Like, they, they inexplicably hate him. Fans, media, I don't know what it is. He's good. Okay, so I would say this. In, in speaking to people around the situation, um, and just even from being in New Jersey and, and, and talking to people at that time, um, what I know is, like, Ras can be frustrating because he doesn't necessarily, um, quote-unquote, compete every day or showcase oh like definitely doesn't showcase the best body language every day like when he threw a skate blade at a ref that was not ideal i respect that um and he's also in boston like because fuck them they win everything um they're used to like their team's winning championships and tuka rask has faltered at some key times in the playoffs um but at the same time, he's the winningest goaltender in franchise history. He is the best goaltender your franchise has ever had. Yeah. Jerry Cheevers, um, maybe, but yeah. Like, this is... You're not talking about a, a bum. This guy has given his heart and soul to the Bruins organization in the same way that Bergeron has. Except Bergeron is playing with a punctured lung. And, and these guys are ready to run him out of town. Why? Because he's not North American? You also didn't give up a ton for him. You got rid of... He's part of one of the most lopsided trades in NHL history. Like, that Dude, alone... that trade angers me to this I day. know. How do you think I feel about so it? So this is what I would say about Swayman and talking to some people in the situation. He's 22 years old. The best comparisons there are Samsonov and Carter Hart. Right? Yeah. The Philadelphia Flyers gave Carter Hart the reins, and how did he start his career? He's fucking fantastic. Yeah, and then... Right? And then what happened is when teams started getting video on Carter Hart and breaking down his weaknesses, started to get picked apart a little bit. Do you want Jeremy Swayman getting picked apart in the playoffs and having to deal with the Boston media and fans? I think probably not. No. So the best case scenario here is Swayman probably starts 40-plus in the AHL next season. That's what you want. You want him to develop in the same way you want that for Spencer Knight in Florida, right? But what you can do right now because of the situation we're in is there is no need to run Tuka Rask out there every day. Use Swayman, use Vladash to augment Rask. So Rask plays maybe 50 or 60% of the remaining games and Swayman plays the rest. That way you can wade him into the pool a little bit. You don't just throw someone in the middle of the ocean and go, swim! I'm sorry. Who is Jeremy Swayman? I have never heard of this man before. And you're going to say that Tuka Rask is gone now because of him? Relax. Yeah, it's a little fucking nuts. This one is even... That would be the equivalent. It would literally be the equivalent of being like, Trent Frederick is here. We no longer need Patrice Bergeron. No, this would literally be like... It's actually categorically ridiculous. Like... This would be like if Vaney Vevelinen comes in and they're like... And in what, like in two games to back up Jack Campbell and they're like, well... Vaney's the like Vaney's the the starter now. Let's get vascular. Let's go. It's 
ridiculous. Now, and they do this all the time. I know. I that's what like they dumped on Charlie McAvoy when he had a bad year last year. This year, he's arguably going to be nominated for the Norris. It's absurd. Like, Tory Crew. Settle down, Boston. Jesus. Now this take is arguably Just worse. You had Tom Brady. Yeah. For seventeen years, and we're used to success. Like you don't need to rip a dude apart and and then start crowning the the new goaltender literally two games in it's absurd if you're making decisions on a sample size of two you should not have a job yeah now this next take is possibly even worse because that blew my mind no not possibly it It is is worse worse. (laughs) it blew my mind when i saw this and i thought it was a bit and it's not this is from jack michaels at edmonton jack a real person this is a real person he's the radio play-by-play guy for the oilers for sportsnet he goes there's an argument to be made any any tweet that starts with there's an argument to be made nothing of value comes after that there's an argument to be made for mike smith as team MVP, even though McDavid slash Dreisaitl no doubt will be the, at the front of the line for the heart. And yes, I'm aware most will disagree. Well, you are right about one thing, Jack. Most will disagree with you. Um, I, would, I would like to know what type of mental gymnastics or men, like Chernobyl explosion <laughs> happened in this man's head for him to think that any team with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on it would have a different MVP. I would just like to know and what... to be quite honest, I don't really care that Dreisaitl won the heart last year. McDavid was the MVP of that team. I would like to know what psychedelic drugs this man is on, because I would like in on some of that. Yo, if he's on those magic mushrooms, let me know where you got yeah. them. I will be investing all of my money there. Link, my guy. No, this is absurd. Like, Mike... <laughs> Look, Mike Smith's had a good year, but you have literally... Like, you have two guys, in terms of a points pace, are on potentially, like, having the greatest offensive season in... Can I just ask something? ...post-lockout history. Yeah, what? Okay. If I were to remove Mike Smith off of the Oilers and replace him with Koskinen or, you know, like Andre Vasilevsky. Okay. That's a pretty, that's much different than mine. Would the Oilers, as they currently stand, be a better team? Probably. Okay. If I were to remove Connor McDavid off the Oilers and replace him with William Carlson, would the Oilers be a better team? The Oilers would not be, the Oilers would be battling it out for last in the division with Ottawa who they okay. have padded the record with by so, kicking the shit out of. So, so, mm-hmm. would we say that Connor McDavid is more integral to the success of the Oilers yeah. than Mike Smith? Or even, let's go meta, would we say that Connor McDavid has a bigger impact on a team, a team winning games, mm-hmm. than Mike Smith? If we put Mike Smith on Buffalo... Would Buffalo all of a sudden start to win games? I don't think Rachel's blinked this entire time she's been <laughs> saying this. This is scary. If we put Connor McDavid or Leon <laughs> Dreisaitl on Buffalo, would they maybe be a little better? Maybe. Right. Okay. So here's the deal, folks. Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid is the best player in the entire league. Yeah. And ergo is the most important player on his own fucking team. Connor McDavid's the best player I've seen in the NHL since I I was old enough to stop pooping my pants. Wayne Gretzky retired in 1999, and I was Ovechkin's the greatest goal scorer I've ever. No, seen but I'm, I'm talking about player, Barney. player, player. Like, oh, just player. Like player. Connor McDavid is the We've best. Been pretty spoiled this generation. But Connor McDavid, I think, is the best player that I have seen since I. Like I've had the pleasure of seeing since I was old enough to stop pooping my pants. That's my take. I think I, I would disagree. Really? Uh, Who I do you think, think is better? Most, and I think he's the most entertaining player we've seen. Do you think he's better than Crosby was at his peak? No. Really? Okay. Because Crosby was well-rounded. 
All right. Crosby was nominated for the Selkie, and I. That's believe, true. That's true. That's true. All right. You know what I mean? McDavid yeah. has a 100 foot game. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Crosby does not. Now, I'm not saying McDavid can't eclipse Crosby, but what I'm saying is, is you're not talking about most entertaining player, which absolutely categorically is McDavid. Bar none. See you later. Goodbye. Yeah. Best player and impact on team. It is Crosby. All right. And one last one before we hop in, into the second edition of Fake Trades. <laughs> Involves a goalie. <clears throat> Hearing that the Toronto Maple Leafs... Did you hear this rumor, Rachel? It's it's breaking. Hearing that the Toronto Maple Leafs are working on a deal with the Buffalo Sabres. Intriguing. Headed to the Leafs from Buffalo would be Taylor Hall and Linus Allmark. Wow. Incredible. The Toronto names involved include Frederick Anderson, Rasmus Sandin, Nick Robertson, and a prospect. Because the other two aren't prospects. No. This is subject to changes. Really, is it? Is it really subject to changes? So when this subject to a lot of fucking so when, changes, so, I'll tell you that for free. So when this rumor that you made up, my God, I really need to apologize to my grandmother for swearing this much. Yeah. You can tell I'm in a good mood. Exactly. Sorry. So when this trade, when this trade that you fabricated for likes uh, doesn't happen, you can then point to this is subject to changes to cover your butt. Um, it would be absolutely hilarious if it did. Though. This is not happening. Die. This is not, this no, is, not this is I do fiction. Know, I do know that the Leafs have interest in both of those players, oh, though. As they should. they are not trading both of Sandine and Robertson. You can absolutely bank that, unless you're getting, like, Miko Rantanen. No, they're not trade. like, what boggles my mind about this trade is, is, like, first of all, try harder. Because this isn't even believable if you're going to come up with a fake rumor. It's that they include... Yeah, like, if I said that they're going to trade Allmar, they're going to trade for Allmar, who is a pending UFA... And they're going to give up a first round pick and I don't know. Or they're going to trade Allmark for Timothy Liljegren. That would be believable. Yeah. But that would be believable. And then what's what's boggles the mind here is that he put this. I'm assuming it's a guy. I don't know. It's the puck authority. It is. Congrats for your. I know who right. it is. Well, yes, I don't. So I don't feel bad about this. Is that Raz? It's it's he includes their two top prospects and then says and a prospect. Yeah, like what? Like, all right, cool. Um, I don't. I'm not gonna name him because no, of he course, doesn't deserve of that course. sort of. Don't dox him, doxing. but it's just, it's just, man. I, I don't get. It. Stop making up fake trade. Like you're not cool. You're not cool. Can we go to other fake trades? Because we're an hour in. Sure, why not? Let's do it. All right, before we hop into our other fake trades and give you an extra long episode here on this wonderful Friday, gloomy Friday afternoon, in Toronto. A word from our. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store 
with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash blue wire, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Woo Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash blue wire right now. That's shopify.com slash blue wire. Sponsor. All right, Rachel. These are the ones I'm looking forward to because a lot of them involve the North Division and you also cut me off on the last they episode. They all involve the North yeah. Division. And I was I was pumped to talk with them. So these, again, as we'll say, these are not generated by us. These are fake trades that have been sent in that we will now dissect. Let's do that, shall we? Right. We're not going to spend as much time as we did last no. episode on it because this, uh, this podcast is already an hour long. But, but let's do it. We, we got some. All right. Okay, so... The first one involves the Leafs, and this is also involves what what the Puck Authority was talking about. So, going to the Leafs is Taylor Hall at fifty percent fifty percent retained salary, and Linus Allmark in exchange for Frederick Anderson, Pierre Engvall, a twenty twenty one conditional. I'm assuming first. It only says twenty one conditional here. Is that conditional Likely, first? Yes. Yeah, conditional first, and either Nick Abrazizi or Mikhail Abramov. What do you think about this, Rachel? I would do it. You know, the more I look at it, the more I... You're going to have to send a goalie back. The more Both I come goalies around. goalies are unrestricted free agents. Yeah. Okay, that solves that problem. Anderson's older, too. Yep. Um, Pierre Engvall is a roster piece that would help Buffalo. And I also think he's... Okay. A, the Leafs are able to get rid and of him. And you can afford to lose him. Yeah, and not be hurt by it. Not Although I would probably replace Engvall with Dermot there. Really? You would get yeah. rid of, like, a, a winger, basically, instead of a... Like, I think Dermot... Yeah, you know what? No, because Toronto's right. depth. Toronto has more depth on D. That's true, and he's also kind of standing in the right? way of Rasmus Sandin. Like I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bingo. Okay. The condition I would put on the first round pick is Toronto must make the Stanley Cup final or win the Stanley Cup, and then you get the first. Otherwise, it's a third. Um, and then I would give up Abramov, not Abruzzesi. You would give up Abramov? I would not. Yeah. I'm pretty high. Like Abramov, knowing what I. Knowing what I know about both, I would give up a Bramoff. Man, that's awesome. Because I'm not getting into why, but that I actually think has value for both sides. Well, I will be asking you about why after we record. But yeah, no, I think it's. Yeah, I think there's. I think it kind of s- scratches both teams' itches. Like you need, like as well, sort of the because the Sabres do not have a scouting staff. Or I'd make it on the condition that. Uh, what. Either like Paul the cup re-signs. final condition or a condition that uh, one of them resigns. I would put the condition that Allmark resigns. I think that's yeah. the more important one. Because Hall, you know, he yeah. could walk for more money. He's older, but like if Allmark, if you get, if you just give all this up and both of these are rentals, I think that's pretty rough. But if it's if Allmark resigns, absolutely. I yeah. also like this works for okay. this works for Buffalo too because they straight up don't have a scouting staff. So you need. I think they're looking for prospects slash young players in lieu of picks. And you're getting Engvall, who is a, he's not a prospect anymore. But Proven he's, NHL player. He's a young player. He is a second line winger on Buffalo. And yeah, they, they'll probably put Maybe him at center. Maybe even a second line center. Exactly. And then giving, and then Abramov, who is a prospect and a good one at that. All right. 
Another one that we that we hinted towards earlier in the show, Chris Drieger from Florida in exchange to Toronto in exchange for a 2021 third and a, and a 2021 fifth. I think Florida says no to this. Okay, why? Because Drieger's been good for them. He's also stepped up when their high-priced goaltender, who is like draining them from both a cap perspective and an actual like money-making perspective, has dropped the ball, essentially. I think that he's got more value than a third and a fifth. I think they'll probably look for like a second or something. Or maybe a prospect. Yeah, but a second is essentially equivalent to the value of a third and a fifth. But I think they'll look for like an actual name player. Like I think they'll look for a prospect. Well, then you can have Abramov. I don't know. I'm not giving up Abramov for Drieger. No, I'm saying like then you can have like a middling prospect. You're not getting an A-level prospect. No, 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 no. no. But I mean like, I don't know. It's just... So uh, we ran this as a poll. Okay. Um, what were the results? 49% said Florida says no. Yeah. 37% says fair trade. 14 of you... Fourteen percent of you said Toronto says no. I'm not really sure why. Yeah, um, why would Toronto say no to that? Yeah, they wouldn't. I don't know. I could see a Drieger trade happening. I, I, I know that the Leafs have draft pick value charts, and so I know that the Leafs know that a third and a fifth actually has more draft capital value than a second round pick. Yeah, that's true. So especially with they their scouting would staff, be fine. Hypothetically, they would be fine going. Yeah, you can have the second, and we'll keep the third and the fifth. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think this would be a great trade for the Leafs, absolutely. I, like, for example, two-thirds is worth more than one second. Yeah. Look. More than, other than outside of the top 11 picks, two seconds is, is worth more than one uh, first. This is a great trade for the Leafs. I think they would love that. Yeah. I just don't think Florida says yes to this. I think they either go for like an actual prospect who they don't have to then re- build from scratch, essentially, because that's what you're doing with the draft pick. But they suck at development, so they probably want a roster player. That's true. But like I'm saying, like, yeah, they suck at development, so they probably don't want to get a guy from scratch. I think there's something there to this, and I think it likely does revolve around picks, mm-hmm. not players. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that. Okay, this next one. Oh, Koskinen and Jones. Okay, sorry, sorry. I, I read this. So this is, the next one is Miko Koskinen. You realize that nobody else can read what you're reading, I know, right? I know, so sorry, if you sorry. just read it, nobody would know. I'm reading it, but, like, I want to talk about how ridiculous it is, because, like, like how ridiculous my brain processed this. Because I've read this, at, so it's the, the trade, the actual trade that was sent in here is Miko Koskinen and, uh, it's what, Col- Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones, yeah. Jeez, I don't care about the freaking Oilers. Um, Koskinen and Caleb Jones for... Elvis Merzlikens. Now, I read this as Koskinen for Jones and Merzlikens, and I'm like, wait a second, Seth Jones are we talking about here? That's how dumb I am. So Clearly. Yeah, this no, I, I don't think this is bad. No, I don't either. I think this is pretty fair value here. Right? Like, yep. the, I, the only thing is that Koskinen's signed at a decent clip. So, I think, like, in terms of actual money, that's that's a little rough, but like yeah, but then they just expose him in yeah. the uh, expansion draft and protect uh, Corpusalo. Do you think that Seattle would take Miko Koskinen? I think they're. Nope. Sm- I think that's they're why sm- I think it works. I think they're smarter than that. Like it's yeah. So yeah, I think that's, that's why good. I think it works. Uh, Columbus wouldn't be worried about exposing Koskinen because they know that Seattle is not taking him. In the same way that Toronto's going to end up protecting Jack Campbell. Damn. I think yeah. I like. That. I think this is pretty fair. Like, um, Merce Lincoln's is stable in net. The Oilers don't really have use for Caleb Jones, and then uh, Koskinen would be the the goalie going the other way. You've got to have the uh, the goalie for goalie here. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I I think this is a pretty fair 
pretty fair deal. All right. Next one is Michael Backlund, $2 million retained. And Dylan yep. Dubé in exchange for JT Comfer, Connor Timmons. I don't know the first name. Mutala. Do you know the first name? Mm-hmm. Can you say the first name? Mm, I believe it's Shane. Shane Mutala in the 2021 first. Um, that's from Colorado. So it's Backland at $2 million retained and Dylan Dubé going to Colorado in exchange for JT Comfer. Connor Timmons, Shane Mutala. And a 2021 first. I don't, a prospect and a first. Yeah. I don't know enough about Mutala, so we'll just say prospect, whatever. Again, we have to say that the value of 2021 first is at an all-time low for first-round picks because, A, this was already a weak draft to begin with, and, B, the OHL has straight up not played yet. So we don't know. Like, none of these. We could be talking about most of these guys not having played at all in their draft year. Right. So, Okay. I know that Calgary is not keen on dealing Dylan Dubé, so that trade is already immediately... Off the table. Like, yeah, because Calgary's going to perform some major surgery in the offseason. Oh, they better. They better. And, and, and Dylan Dubé is very much a part of the, this is a body part we would like to keep. Yeah. He's 22. Because he, he is part of the solution, so I don't think the deal works just straight up flat on that, knowing that. Um, so what if you replace him with so someone else? So then we else? had an augment. What? What if you replace, like, what if you swap Dylan Dubé out for, like, trying to think of people who are relatively in the same south? Like, There aren't. There aren't. Yeah, he's 22. No. Yeah. So then there was a giant conversation between Kent Wilson, who used to write for the Athletics, yeah. Cal- like, the Athletic Calgary, um, and somebody from Colorado. And essentially what they ended up landing on was something I actually liked which was Sam Bennett, who already um, essentially he's out the door. wants out. Like, he's, he's basically uh, out the for door. For JT Confer and a 2022 fourth-round pick. Yeah. That, I think, is fair value because Colorado's just removing somebody from the lineup mm-hmm. and then putting another piece in, but it's another piece that provides a little bit more playoff oomph. Like, Sam Bennett has always performed well in the playoffs, which is really what Colorado cares about. They don't, they're like the Leafs. They don't care about the regular season. It's all about the playoffs. Um, I think the fresh start for Sam Bennett with a team that will actually utilize him a little bit more, I think, would be good. Um, and really, like, the cost of comfort to um, Calgary, just a 2024, uh, 2022 fourth, and JT Comfort, like, I think that um, you do that. Yeah. I, I'm, I agree. All right. And our last one. And this one is, this is very interesting. It is Vancouver trading Jake Vertanen and a 2021 second in exchange for Josh Manson. So that's going to the, the Ducks. Um, Josh Manson, I don't think is the player that he once was. He's a right shot defenseman, but I think he's still good enough to play in a top four, obviously. And Jake Vertanen... He's certainly better than most of the options currently in Vancouver. Oh my god, yeah. He's also not signed to a crazy amount of money. Jake Vertanen clearly needs a new a new set of digs, if you will, um, to get out of here. And the 2021 second, I think, like, look, as much as the draft picks from this year are going down in value, it's a second round pick. I mean, I think that's that's pretty good. I... It really goes, like, this all hinges on, first of all, like, I think it works for Anaheim just because Manson doesn't fit their timetable. Like, they're not good enough right now to contend, and I think it'll be, like... And he's not, Manson won't be a big enough contributor by the time Anaheim's ready to contend. Exactly. Um, And he doesn't bring the mentorship factor that Getzlaff does. Yeah. So, to me, like, 
there's obviously a high appetite for Manson around the league, you've got to sell high. And I think this, I think you could like probably you just, get you something, you could probably get something better than Vertanen and a 21 second for Yeah, Manson, I wouldn't right? exactly be signing up to get Jake Vertanen, let's say that. For yeah, sure. like it's, like for Anaheim, like you, you have a re- you have some really good prospects in your system. Like you have Isaac Lindstrom, right. you have obviously Trevor Now, Tre- Manson's Zegra. also having a pretty poor year, like he's below replacement. But what do you expect? Like it's also Anaheim, it's Anaheim and like almost everybody is poor. Exactly. So I, I think it would be great. Basically everyone except Ricard Raquel and Troy Terry. Yeah, pretty much. Now this would be a great, been bad. this would be great for, um, Vancouver to get Josh, Josh Manson. I mean, I think it would, although it doesn't, no, because it doesn't, it doesn't fit, fit their, their timeline, timeline either. either. Yeah. Well, I think any team so would be great. So it literally makes no sense. Yeah. And then you know what's going to happen now that we've said that. It's going to happen. Yep. Like it's, uh, make up your no, mind. No, if I'm Jim, Anaheim, man. I'm looking to acquire young assets. So trading Josh Manson makes sense. Yep. If I'm Vancouver, I'm not ready con- to contend for at least another two years. So like Josh Manson is going to be what, 33 by then? 32? Yeah. That makes no sense. Let me see how old is, I feel like. I that think, makes no sense. I think he's 30. I think Josh, I always think Josh Manson is older than he is because just the way that he plays. Yeah, he's 30. So yeah, so he'll be 33 by the time the Canucks are able to contend. Nah. No. No. And like the last thing you need is another mid-30s. Josh n- not exactly needs to go fleet to a contender now. Yeah, right now. So Josh Manson to Colorado. Josh Manson to Boston. Josh Manson to Toronto. Like teams that are actually contending for a spot in the... Like, conference finals. Yeah. Josh Manson to Montreal. Like, that is the timeline for those teams. The timeline for Toronto and Montreal and Colorado and whatever is is now. Boston's timeline's kind of in the past, but yeah. they're trying to squeeze as much as, as, much they can. as possible. Yeah. Like, exactly. Or, well, it won't work with Pittsburgh because they have no young players, right? At least Boston's got some young prospects. Toronto's got a ton of young prospects. Montreal's got a ton of young prospects. Like, that's where it could work because mm-hmm. then Anaheim's also getting players back that fit their timeline, right? Ideally, if you're Anaheim and you're making a trade with Toronto or Montreal, like, you're asking for someone that is either contributing, like a young contributor now, right? Yeah. Or someone who's going to be. So the best example I can think of off the top of my head, and this would never happen, so don't take it as as this is what I'm saying, yeah. is – Cole Caulfield type. So they're right on that verge of being an impact player at the NHL, but they're not quite there yet. So yeah. in two years' time, Cole Caulfield is going to be an impact player at the NHL level. The Habs would never trade Cole Caulfield for Josh Manson. That they should never do that. Ever. But what I'm saying is is a player that's on that timeline. So mm-hmm. if you're um Toronto, maybe it maybe it is Rasmus Sandin. Like somebody I, on that timeline. I still, I wouldn't do that at all. But yeah, no, I know you're talking about it's like hypotheticals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like I'm, ta- I'm, I'm more talking about the timeline than anything. I also would not trade Rasmus Sandin for no, that. No, I think he's incredible. I've watched him. I would trade Timothy Liljegren for him though. I don't know, but I've watched both of those guys more intently than a lot, like most people who talk about them. And I've talked, I've been in conversations with their coaches and Rasmus Sandin, what he's accomplished at his young age is remarkable. He came in. 
Oh, yeah, no, and, I would not be trading Rasmus Sandin unless you're getting a bona fide top six forward. And Timothy Lilligren has taken strides that people don't see because, no, first of all, no one's allowed to watch Marley's games in person but, this year. But what I'm talking about is timeline. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think Timothy Lilligren, like, next year can be an NHL defenseman. Maybe even at the end of this year. He has, I, I'm incredibly impressed in his defensive game. Like, he has really taken strides Yeah, but you're there. talking about a team that's in the middle of its contending yeah. window. You're not, like, that's not right? a player and they so need right And so if now. you can get a defenseman who who is already established, Good. has playoff experience, knows what that time of year is like, then that's the defenseman you want to acquire. Oh, absolutely. Because you, you do not want to be putting Sandine and Liljegren in your lineup in the conference final because of injuries. That is a recipe for disaster. No, exactly. All right. So with that, we, we transition so. to the trade deadline. Like, no more hypotheticals. We're getting the real deal coming up here. Um, now We are. We are. Now, before we wrap up the episode... Let's go into the Kovalev shift for two minutes because I have a bit of I have a shout out to make. Kovalev was a great shot, scores! Alex Kovalev! Score! It's Kovalev! Kovalev scores! Oh, baby! So, I just want to give a quick shout out to Alex Ferolo for, I believe, I don't want to butcher his name maybe, but he he's a guy, he lives in Australia great guy and yeah he's got a really nice accent he does he's awesome incredible like such a nice guy Nin- i used to date an australian and oh. yeah that that accent is awesome i would love to date an australian that'd be great um so yeah alex frollo he also he hosts a podcast called the media side of things podcast this guy's 19 he doesn't even like work in hockey media it was a great podcast did you listen to it yeah did you hear all the nice things i said about you i did good yeah well he's i also thought you were accurate I thought you were accurate in saying that, like, my brain is here, there, and everywhere yeah. because it totally is. Even though I'm a very organized person, and oh, like, absolutely, you know this because you know me. But my brain, because there is so much happening, is like squirrel, 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 and you just like you harness all of that into this podcast and then sometimes i derail the podcast because there's just too much happening yeah exactly or sometimes we spend you know an hour and 15 minutes talking about taylor swift and whatnot but it worked out also did you did you like when i said when he asked you know are you tired of hearing are you hearing questions about if you and rachel are in a relationship and i'm like i think if rachel and i actually were in a relationship we'd kill each other or she'd more explicitly we, we definitely would she'd kill me so it works out that we're friends. But, <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, he hosts a great podcast, the Media Side of Things podcast. I was able to come, uh, you know, he had me on just to talk about hockey, hockey media, you know, where, you know, my my journey to where I am now. I was able to talk a bit about my situation with Yahoo. It's great. Um, and I just want to give him a shout out. Because, yeah, everybody go listen to Alex's podcast. Yeah, he's awesome, man. This kid is, he's like, the guy woke up at like 7 a.m. because he lives in Australia and they're like 12 hours ahead of us or 14 hours ahead of us or something. And... I think 10 actually, because it was 5 p.m. here and it was 7 a.m. there. So I don't know how math works, but one of those. Anyway, 19 year old kid. He's working as like a social media manager for like a company at 19. He doesn't even like and, and he hosts this podcast where it's not talking more about hockey. It's about like the media side of things, which is fantastic because anytime he opens that, he gets f- free, you know, a, a title drop in his you know, in the podcast it's awesome go check it out like i said the media side of things spotify itunes is great i was on episode three i had a blast with him he's awesome give it a look all right we have reached the end of the podcast rachel before you go off and eat your well-deserved pizza give us a prediction like let's see if you can call okay. it to two let's see if you can keep batting a thousand here go two for two 
before we record, we record on Monday. So I, so we're going to be recording after the trade deadline wraps. So we can give instant reaction. So we will yes. have, we will have all of the, all of the, the, the information there, all of the deals. Give me a prediction of what you think is going to happen. Um, I think it'll be a pretty slow deadline. Hot take. Wow. I think the prices will be lower. I think there will be. I think most of the activity will become will come between uh, two and three o'clock. Can you give us like an actual tangible trade that you think is going to happen? Because I think that uh, I could have predicted that Taylor Hall is going to be traded. Where do you think he's going? I can't say. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Then give us a different. Yeah. Then give us a different. Rachel, give us a different prediction so we can say that you're right. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. Like I don't. I don't really. Uh, Honestly, I've been so buried that I'm really, I was really only in tune. Um, I could see, actually, I could see David Savard to Florida, and if that doesn't work, Ryan Murray. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Rachel Dory, insider. And we, Either way, both of those guys are getting traded. Yeah, absolutely. So. And on that, we've reached into the podcast. You can follow Rachel on Twitter at, at Rachel Dory. You can follow me on Twitter at MikeyStevens81. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at StaffGraph. Buy our merch on Redbubble, redbubble.com slash shop, And you can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, literally anywhere a podcast is, we are there as well. Um, it's it's going to be great. Write us a review, as I always say. If it's, We'd love to see positive ones. And if, you, if it's a negative one, at least make it entertaining because we'd love to read that on the show. Exactly. And we will see you after the trade deadline. This is exciting. And our next show, let me just say, it's going to be a banger because there's nothing better than trade analysis. Rachel, do you have any last words for our lovely listeners? Wear a mask, get vaccinated. Don't spill stupid rumors on Twitter. Couldn't have said it better myself. We'll see you on Tuesday.